Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, the Jazz end their uh, two-game losing streak against... The second and third string of the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's talk about it. It's the Hoops Nerd Show. All right. The Sixers didn't play anyone and the Jazz won. That's the show. Just kidding. Let's talk about it for a little bit. But all in all, that can be kind of everything can be summed up with that. So let's talk about the Sixers for a minute. Obviously, they weren't playing anyone tonight. Uh, we all know the Ben Simmons saga. And, you know, Philadelphia fans, I'm sure you're just kind of tired of talking about it. You're tired of hear, hearing about it. At some point, there needs to be a trade so that, you know, the Sixers have somebody on the floor instead of just that kind of elephant in the room with Ben, ben Simmons not playing. They need a guy. And they're not going to get equal value back. And the longer Ben Simmons doesn't play the more we have him on the injury report as, you know, mentally not able to play or whatever they're calling it on the injury report, the less likely other teams are going to be willing to just like, oh, okay, now I'd rather throw in Dame Lillard. Oh, now I'm fine throwing in bad Bradley Beal. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. Like Daryl Morey at some point needs to be treated kind of like what he is, which is an overrated GM, you know? Houston had some nice teams, but really his whole time in Houston, he the best moves he ever did was get a trade for, for James Harden. But, you know, he wasn't what everyone thought he was, so I guess you need to give him credit for seeing what Harden became. But there were a lot of teams that wanted him. Harden chose that destination. That's where he uh, decided he wanted to go. He did get Dwight Howard to Houston, I guess. Although at that point, Dwight Howard wasn't the same as he was in, you know, Orlando. And, you know, you've got to, he's the one who made the trade for Russell Westbrook that sent Chris Paul to OKC, OKC who promptly uh, took that OKC team to the playoffs, who is now one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, you know, he goes to the Philadelphia 76ers and he treats everyone like they're chess pieces or fantasy basketball uh, players on a just a... I guess this is all just fantasy basketball to Daryl Morey. And now this is what happens, you know, and he can act all tough and, and talk about how, you know, the numbers and the analytics and all these things, but you know what? It's cratering their team. And at one point during this t game, because no one, they don't have a guy to fill the void of Ben Simmons being gone. Tobias Harris is the only good player. Well, not the only good player. Seth Curry's really nice. There's some nice role players for this team, but you have, uh, Tobias Harris getting injured almost on the floor. We'll see what happens. He looks like he's okay. But it's a joke that that uh, Daryl Morey has kind of just done this now in two different locations. Like the James Harden saga in Houston ended. It was a joke. It was a joke how that ended. And that was because of the, you know, the lack of chemistry. Uh, like Daryl Morey not caring about chemistry is what created that issue in Houston. And now it's it's what's going on in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, 
Philadelphia fans, let me know in the comments what you think. But honestly, no one played tonight for the Sixers. So there's really not a lot you can take from this game for the Sixers or for the Jazz. You know, the Jazz beat uh, Tobias Harris and a bunch of second and third string players. Congrats, you know. And for the Sixers, I guess uh, if Tobias Harris is okay, you came out of it knowing that you didn't get an injury to someone else. So hopefully for the Sixers, they can get Joel Embiid back. I do think when you see a blowout loss like this, you realize just how dominant Joel Embiid is. He's incredible. His ability to score, defend, and just the gravity and just the impact he has on the floor is incredible. Impact? Who says it like that? Impact. Uh, Joel Embiid is awesome, and so you could just feel that uh, loss. So really, that's all I got to say about the Sixers. Uh, hopefully they trade Ben Simmons soon because everyone is tired of talking about it. All right, for the Utah Jazz, Kenny, a win is a win. Yes, basically that's the story tonight is the Jazz got a win against the Philadelphia 76ers who were uh, not playing all their players. Uh, good to see George Niang playing like his old self. Uh, that might be, I don't know if you're being nice or mean, Kenny, but I actually felt like George Niang played a George Niang game tonight. Uh, George Niang tonight, three for six from the field, one for two from three. Efficient shooting from George Niang, two steals. By the way, that one steal was against uh, uh, Mike Conley on the perimeter. He made a stop, got a steal, and it created a transition opportunity on the other end. Uh, and then three rebounds. I don't know. George Niang against the starters of the Utah Jazz, I don't know how well he's going to do. He did about probably what you'd expect. Uh, I think there was... There was a darkest timeline in this game where the six, Sixers came in and George Niang just went bonkers and the Jazz lose. And all of a sudden, all the uh, alarms go off like crazy for the Jazz. Luckily, that did not happen because this would have been a meltdown tonight on this channel. Uh, DW to CB, and a slim is a sim, LOL. George was playing like his, like his mini self. Yeah, honestly, tonight was a George Niang game because he was efficient from on the offensive end. His defense at... Honestly, can I just be honest? I think the Jazz in these last five games missed George Niang. Because you know what? When you have George Niang on the floor, you have an efficient three-point shooter who spreads the floor for other guys like Jordan Clarkson. And he's a better defender than I think people give him credit for. Everyone, you know, this like, this like idea that he's this just trash, awful defender. Sure. Is he Dikembe Mutombo? No. Is he Tony Allen? No, he's not. But tonight he made actually some pretty decent plays. And when if George Niang was playing on the Jazz this year with, with Hassan Whiteside instead of Derek Favors, and he could lead people to Hassan Whiteside, do you think George Niang would look a little better? Probably. Probably a little better. And what we did learn is when George Niang last year and the year before was playing on the floor with guy, with washed up guys like Jeff Green and, and Ed Davis, it didn't look very good. But we realized it wasn't really his fault, you know? It really wasn't. And let's just talk a little bit about numbers for just a second with George Niang. And this is just a thought, food for thought. J Jordan Clarkson makes $12 million this year. Joe Ingles? $12 million this year. Do you guys know how much money George Yang is making in Philadelphia this year? $3 million. Three. Three. Just, just food for thought there. Just some food for thought. 
Uh, let's see. Robert Hall, Jared Butler, Rookie of the Year. Robert Hall, Hall of Fame, Robert. I don't know, even know what to say. Uh, Ethan Day, Bogey has played pretty well the last two games. If he could keep this up, it would be huge. Uh, George was never a bad defender. I don't know why so many people hate it on the minivan. I don't either, honestly. And there's here's a tweet. Uh, uh, George Niang dipped his head after the game. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what George Niang said. So George Niang pokes his head into the Jazz media room after the game. This was just, just like five minutes ago. You guys can't talk bleep about me anymore. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a player that got villainized more by fan base and by media than George Niang. Oh, I know. Robert Hall, I'm, I'm just razzing you. I know. I know. You know what I'm going to say about it. You guys all know what I'm going to say. But I've never seen a, a player villainized more who I felt like was actually not like, like people treated George Niang like he was like putting up numbers like Dante Exum back in the day when Dante couldn't, you know, and we all know what we're not even going to open that Pandora's box, but they were treating George Niang like he was costing us the game every single night. George Yang would play 10 to 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes a night, would shoot 40% from three, would make like, uh, would get beat or make some sort of poor play on defense. And people treated him like he was like Bav Morda from Willow. Like he was just absolutely the villain of every book. Like he was freaking Baron Harkonnen uh, on the defensive end. You've drove me crazy. Oh, look. There's the green. Uh, it drove me crazy. Guess what? There were times where you'd see George Niang defend someone like Zion and actually make a stop. There were times where the Jazz had no one making shots and George Niang, George Niang would go two for three from three. And by the way, having him on the floor helped spread the ball out and helped open things up for guys like JC. Do you think JC might be missing George Yang just a tiny bit and his ability to spread the floor? Now, I love Eric Pascal, and I, f I feel like the Jazz really haven't been hurt by losing George Yang, but I think there's been times where you feel like having someone who shoots 40% from three every night on the floor helps, and someone who actually moves the ball and can rebound and actually can drive and has nice touch around the rim. And guess what? He makes $3 million. You know who's making $12 million and hasn't been any better than George Yang? Joe Ingles. There. I said it. I said it. I said it out loud. It's the thing everyone's thinking, but you'll only hear it here. All right? Only here. Uh, I will say, though, it's nice to see the Jazz win. Had they lost tonight, this would have been a complete and utter meltdown for the, for, for the Jazz. I don't really know what you take from this for Utah other than that you know the Jazz starters can really dominate Seth Curry and George Niang <laughs> like, like really what are you taking from this it would have been really bad if they didn't win but Andre Drummond got destroyed Tyrese Maxey's uh still figuring it out although you look at Tyrese Maxey's numbers seven for 14 from the field two for four from three that's pretty decent 16 points and to be honest the Jazz were only up two in the first quarter so I don't know really what you take out of this honestly your guys's guess is as good as mine this is like a wash 
if you guys go to cleaning the glass, you can, I honestly, if you want some of the best stats out there, really, really awesome. Cleaning the glass is amazing. And you get like, so one thing that cleaning the glass does, and this is the reason I'm bringing up cleaning the glass, is they'll look at player stats and they'll remove garbage time. So you'll get like a feel of like, what was this player doing when it all mattered? When they're playing the best guys, when the best guys are on the floors against the best guys, what were their stats? And cleaning the glass takes everything else out. I feel like this entire game is not going to be counted by cleaning the glass, if that makes sense. Like this, this game honestly was garbage time from like the second quarter on. And maybe the entire game, honestly, it was really, there's not a lot you can um, get from it. Now, is if the Jazz can get some confidence from this one, that'd be awesome. Uh, but, you know, there were a few things. I mean, you'll take it. Boyan Bogdanovich had a really nice night. 27 points, uh, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. He was 5 for 7 from 3, 9 for 12. It was against 2nd and 3rd stringers, but you'll take it, I guess. Uh, Royce O'Neal continues to be just amazing. I actually, I think on a night where you blow the other team out, like absolutely dominate them. My favorite stat of the night is Royce O'Neal had three points and nine rebounds. I love that guy. Royce O'Neal's my favorite guy because that guy does not care about getting points. That guy cares about winning. And so that's, that's my favorite stat of the night is three points for Royce O'Neal in a game the Jazz won by like 30 and he was a plus 18 for the game. That's like my favorite. Because what that means is Royce guarded. Royce did the dirty work. He did not care. And the Jazz won. Royce is amazing. Robert Hall, two bucks. Thanks, my man. I really appreciate it. Need more 35-point wins? Empty the bench more. I agree. I agree. Now, should we nitpick and make someone mad at me? Should we do that? Uh... Joe Ingles was one for six from the field and one for five from three again. Uh, he did have seven assists, although this, you know, like I said, what can you take from this? I I really don't know. Uh, but one for six from the field and one for five from three is not my favorite. And I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. It's a rough year for Joe Ingles so far. Uh, Jordan Clarkson looked really, he looked awesome in you know, I have moments where he was amazing, but then you kind of go back and you look at the numbers and he was eight for 20 from the field and four for 12 from three with 20 points. He was a plus 23. I don't know what you take from that. I really don't know what you take from that because, you know, he's scoring against second and third string guys. Question mark. This, this whole, this whole game was question mark. Uh, Mike Conley played until the fourth quarter. And that made no sense. The Jazz were up 30, and Quinn Snyder had Mike Conley playing halfway through the fourth. And for a team that you want to stay healthy, especially Mike Conley, I don't know if I would do that. I would much rather have Donovan Mitchell in so Donovan can get his points. Because if I'm Donovan, I'm a little annoyed. He didn't have the most efficient night in the world. Uh, but Donovan only plays 22 minutes. It's weird that Donovan played 22 and Mike played 24. There was one point where Donovan left the game and came back in street clothes. So I don't know what that is. And I guess we'll be watching to see if there's any sort of, uh, something going on with that. That was weird, but, um, and I'm kind of just re refreshing Twitter here to just see, but I, I don't think, uh, I don't know what to think from that. I really don't. But let's just hope Donovan's okay. My guess is he's fine. I just kind of think that playing 
Mike Conley more than Donovan Mitchell is kind of strange. Uh, and that gets to my other point is I don't know when Jared Butler's going to get minutes. Guys, I don't know when he's going to get minutes. I really don't. And when he goes out there, you can just feel his tentativeness and his like nervousness. And, you know, when a coach doesn't believe in you, it makes other players not believe in you either. And you can kind of see that body language a little bit. It's it's too bad because in the preseason, there were times where you looked at Butler and you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy is awesome, you know, and now it looks like there's zero confidence and it makes me sad. It's a bummer. Uh, and like I said before, we're not like anti Trent Forrest on this this podcast or anything, but, you know, Forrest was one for three over for one from three. Uh, I don't know, one rebound and like, I don't know. I don't even really know what else to say from this game, guys. I'll be honest. Like, you guys let me know what I should talk about in the comments because there's just not a lot to glean from this. Uh, it's nice to see Boyan have a nice night. And honestly, Boyan's been playing a lot better in the last five, six games. So that's really good. Uh, Rudy Gobert had a dominating night. Rudy Gobert is the reason teams like this come into the Jazz and just get destroyed. Second and third stringers against Rudy Gobert just get obliterated. Uh, tonight, Rudy Gobert, 15 points, 17 rebounds. He was uh, plus 19. I mean, Rudy Gobert is just a dominating force in this league. It's uh, it's awesome. I just I just wish in a game like this that we saw Jared Butler play 20 minutes. You know, Ethan Day, he just doesn't seem comfortable at all. And I agree. And I don't know if it's because he's struggling to learn this offense. But you know what? This offense... Donovan Mitchell against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers minus all these guys. This offense should have a more efficient night for Donovan Mitchell, to be honest. They should be creating more easy shots for him or at least more easy shots for everyone else. And I guess what happens is it just opens things up for Boyan Bogdanovich. So Boyan has a nice night, 27 points. Uh, my favorite part about that is it makes Boyan look like a really nice trade piece at trade deadline. <laughs> The people in the comments who love Boyan and hate me, they're not going to like that comment. I can tell you that much. Let me know in the comments, guys. Let me know. Here's the, here's the thing. Let me know in the comments what makes you mad the most, and I will talk about it next time. Let's just get everyone mad. Uh, let's see. Kenny, Butler should play ahead of Forrest. I agree. I do. Now, I don't think anyone right now in this moment, if you took a snapshot of the players, would say that Trent Forrest is not playing better or at least gives you a slight better chance to win in this moment. I think probably everyone would agree with that. You know, if you looked at how Jared Butler played tonight, you look at how Trent Forrest plays, one is more confident in the system than the other. One also plays like they know that the coach has their back. One obviously knows that the coach does not. I think that if Jared Butler got 20 minutes a night, well, not 20 minutes a night, but in a game like this, he got 20 minutes and the coach actually actively worked with him to say, hey, here's what I want you to do here. Or here's what you did here. Do this on the next time. And like gave him an actual shot. I think you would see Jared Butler improve. I could be wrong, but I think there's not a lot of people that aren't interested in seeing Jared Butler get a few more minutes especially in a game like tonight that meant close to nothing. It was at, at no point was this game ever in question. Jared Butler should play more than like four minutes. Uh, Vincent Leos, $5 trade Boyan for Ben Simmons. Whoo. That's an interesting thought. 
Uh, everyone, Vincent Leos, by the way, thank you. $5, Vincent. I really appreciate it. You're the man. Thank you so much. Everyone, in the comments, would you trade Boyan for Ben Simmons? I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know if you can have Ben Simmons and Rudy Gobert on the same team. I don't think you can. Uh, but maybe, I don't know. If Rudy Gobert's in the dunker spot and you have the ball in Ben Simmons' hands, maybe. That's something that I might think about. I'll be honest. And this is the first time I've ever thought about it. This is literally the first time on the Hoops Nerd channel uh, that I've ever thought about it. But Boyan provides shooting for the Sixers and spreads the floor and, and you know, I don't know. It's another shooter around Joel Embiid. For the Jazz, you have an elite perimeter defender. He is when he wants to be. Now, in the playoffs, maybe you can have spread a five-out spread with Ben Simmons at the center spot when you're playing against someone like the Sixers. or Well, like the Sixers did tonight. Actually, there's the point we're going to make. Oh, man. Sometimes, sometimes we just get those thoughts. But guess what? Ben Simmons might be able to play center for you against a five-out offense like the Jazz saw against the Clippers last year. You know? Can you sit Rudy in certain situations and play Ben at the five and run the ball and and maybe take it to other teams? Honestly, I think you think about it. Right? Now, I don't know if you can put Ben Simmons on the floor with uh, Rudy Gobert. That's going to be an interesting thing. But I think it's something to think about. Why not? If you can get Ben Simmons for Boyan Bogdanovich, I think in terms of just pure talent, I think you kind of have to think about it at least, right? In terms of just like asset accumulation and what you can get. Why not? And guess what? The Jazz have a problem, and we even saw it tonight. The Jazz have a perimeter defense problem. They just do. Ben Simmons helps with that a lot. A lot. I don't know. This I'm just I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but that's something you probably think about. You know? You have the number one and number two vote getters on the defensive player of the year list last year on the same team. And guess what else? And this is just a thought, but you probably get more media coverage than you've ever gotten. This team. More people are going to talk about the Jazz after that trade than anyone. Do the pieces fit perfectly? No. But if Quinn Snyder is as good as everyone in the Utah fan base thinks, then he should be able to figure it out, right? You know? Is Quinn... Quinn can figure that out, right? Or can you not play Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons doesn't fit into the system that Quinn Snyder plays? You know? Here's the que Here's the thing. I think that it likely could work. Uh, you're going to have to run a lot of like interesting sets and you're going to have to spread the floor in different ways. But you know what? Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, and Rudy Gobert, that's the best defensive lineup in the NBA, hands down. I mean, how do you score against that? Honestly. And then guess what? Mike Conley and 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 Donovan Mitchell can play off of Ben Simmons as well as Royce O'Neal, and you can run pick and rolls with Gobert like that. 
I, I probably do it, guys. I probably do it. You know, guess what? Yes, is he drama? Sure. But, you know, if he comes to Utah and if Ben Simmons signed off on it and said, hey, I'd like to go to Utah and the Jazz have the best defense in the NBA. If the Jazz got Ben Simmons on their team for Boyan Bogdanovich, they would immediately have the best defense in the NBA. Number one, they should. They should. And if you can be a top 10 offense, I think that makes the Jazz title favorites. Doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know, but I think I would think about it, guys. I think everyone should ask themselves, uh, what am I willing to do to win a title? Would I? Am I willing to drink a glass of, of pickle juice uh, for like 10 bucks? Uh, Robert Hall, $2 Twilight Zone. Yeah, we're in the Twilight Zone right now. But guess what? You trade Boya Bogdanovich for, for Ben Simmons, you're probably, I don't know. I don't know. That's a pretty good trade for both sides in certain ways. I don't think Gerald Morey does it, but you know what? Maybe the owner tells him you have to, and if you're the Jazz, I think you think about it. <laughs> I can't believe I uh I can't believe we're in this element guys right now but I think I'm pro it. You know what? Throw him a first. Let's take Ben Simmons. A first round pick for a first round pick plus you get a 40% three point shooter. Don't let him see the tape of his defense from the first quarter tonight. <laughs> uh yeah, let's see. Furby Jr. If Ben Simmons comes to Utah, I will buy him a ticket to Lagoon for him to ride the cannibal. <laughs> Ben Simmons can uh, ride all the rides at Lagoon. He can, guess what? We can walk around Wheeler Farm and I'll buy him a pumpkin. We'll do all of it. He can go up and hike and go see Secret Lake. And maybe he can go to walk around Temple Square. I'll do all the things with Ben Simmons. He can go to Crown Burger and get his first pastrami burger. By the way... I had a Crown Burger, the, or I had an Astro Burger the other way. Crown Burger wins over Astro Burger every time, every time. So guess what, Ben Simmons? When you come here, I recommend to you the Crown Burger over the Astro Burger. This is the insight you get from the Hoops Nerd channel and from SLC Dunk. All right, guys, that's the analytics you get. The pastrami at, at uh, Crown Burger is just superior. Just the entire layout. And then you drip the fry sauce on it. Can you tell I'm hungry? I'm hungry. And I'm hungry for wins. And I'm hungry for perimeter defense. And if that means bringing over Ben Simmons and Utah has uh, the Australian connection of Joe Ingles and Ben Simmons and and just the weirdest chemistry makeup you've ever seen, I'm down for it. Because you know what? There wasn't a lot I saw tonight that really changed my mind about the Jazz and... The Jazz, you know, before tonight had lost four of their last five, mostly because they can't defend anyone. By the way, coming into this game tonight, number 28 defense in the league. Oh, the other thing I saw tonight that was interesting, and guess what? The Jazz didn't do too well. There was a certain point in the first half where the Jazz got a chance to play against a five-out offense from the Sixers. Rudy Gobert did great. Rudy Gobert defended the perimeter like we all thought. And anyone who's ever watched Rudy Gobert saw that he can do just fine. It's everyone else that can't guard for the Jazz, you know, outside of like Royce O'Neal 
And when Donovan Mitchell is locked in, he does fine. And Mike Conley as well. But you've got, like, weak points. Boyan Bogdanovich can't guard anyone on the perimeter. He just can't. Go watch the first half tape. It is bad. It was bad. So the Jazz need a perimeter defender. And if you have Ben, you start being able to do a lot of different things. Uh, let's see. So, guys, that's all I've got tonight. I, you know, funny thing is, is I don't even know if Donovan would, would Donovan sign off on that? Maybe. But Donovan's a pretty loyal guy. I bet he would probably say no. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. It's worth a shot. Anyways, guys, if you're new to the channel, like and subscribe. If you are, you know, if you've been watching for a while, join the channel. It would be it would be great. Let's give a shout out to our all-stars. Let's give a shout out to the GOAT, Jordan Besserell, Ryan Perry, the legend, baby Elliot Matson, Joshua Hansen, the Danish destroyer, and one Anton Warren, Ezekiel Ricebe, the man from down under, JT Buckets Wardell, Austin R. Grant, editor extraordinaire, Eric C, the C stands for champion, Donald Schooley, schooling all of us, Darren Williams to Carlos Boozer. Uh, DWCB, Jorge Arrizaga, mi amigo de abajo, Lee Christensen driving the lane just in time, just in tie H, Patrick Akubo, the connoisseur, Robert Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame night for Robert tonight, and DW Jazz going all the way. Uh, all star guys, by the way, I've got to adjust the awards. We're still going to go with what we're doing. It's just so hard lately to do the monthly uh, videos, and I don't know if people care that much about it. You know, all stars, let me know in the comments or, you know, in the in the on the videos. But I don't know if people care that much. It's fun, but no one does it. I think I'm going to adjust and we'll see. Let me know in the comments what you want from your channel memberships, guys. If there's something you see from another channel that you like that you want to do here, let me know. I don't know. I want to make things worth it for everyone. Let me know in the comments. I'm very close to being able to do some like live watch parties together. I think that that'll be a lot of fun. And I think we can do that with Yubo. Uh, I'm going to try to do that. We'll see. But guys, let me know in the comments what you think. Uh, let me know if you would trade Ben Simmons for Boyan Bogdanovich in the comments. Let me know. Maybe I'll make a poll. Guys, I will talk to you next time. Uh, talk to you later.